0: Well, y'all may go ahead and be seated. We're going to get right into the Word of God tonight. Did you come ready to receive? I know that you did. If you were not here last Sunday night, I really encourage you to go get the CD. They're free of charge or to uh, go on our website and download the message because we're going to just kind of jump off tonight where we left off last night, last uh, Sunday night. So you need to kind of catch up. But we are talking about an enlarged heart. No, not in the natural. That's not a good thing, but we're talking about in the realm of the spirit that God is opening us up. God is expanding us. God desires for us to have increase in every single area of our life. And for that to happen, it's got to happen in here first. How many of you realize that our God is a big God? How many of you know that with Him there is no limitations? He's the most high God. There's no beginning, there's no end, there's no limit to His love, there's no end to His power, His ability, His might, He's great, He's awesome, He's vast, He's magnificent. We could just go on and on and on about how great and how big and how awesome that our God is. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And he is the one who has created all that we see. He created the universe. He created our world as we know it. And our God, he knows what he is doing. You know, we are blessed here in the Bay Area. We get to live by the ocean and just think of the beauty. Think of the force of the ocean. Think of the largeness of the ocean. How about the sand? Have you ever gone and picked up a handful of sand? You could sit there for a long time and wouldn't be able to count all the grains of the sand. Our God is so big. And he is so vast, yet he knows every little detail about how many grains of sand you're holding in your hand. He knows the number of hairs on your head. For some people, that's an easy job. But, you know, for others... He's got to keep track of all that's going on. But that's just who he is. Our minds can't comprehend how awesome that our God is. That's why we got to get it here in our heart. And another thing about God, there is no oops in heaven people are talking about, we're going to run out of this. We're going to run out of that global warming, global cooling, whatever, you know, but God is not setting up there in heaven. going, "Oh, I should have put more water on the planet. They're all going to croak because there's not enough water. He's going up, not up there going, oh, oxygen. They're going to be gasping. I should have thought about it. There should have been more oxygen placed up on the earth. No, there's no oops in heaven. He's not saying, oh man, I wished I would have put a few more shrimp or lobster in the ocean. You know what? That red lobster, they're having too many of those all you can eat shrimp and lobster <laughs> feasts and we're going to run out. No. We're not going to run out of anything. God has got all that we need. Hallelujah. And even if we there wasn't enough gas and at the pumps or not enough bread in the grocery stores, our God knows how to take care of us. He hasn't lost the recipe for manna. Glory to God. God is a big God. He is a vast God. But think about this. Yet... He has chosen to live in us. Yeah. This wonderful, omnipotent God has chosen yeah. to live on the inside of us. Yeah. How does that happen? When we receive the precious gift of its salvation. Amen. He comes yeah. and he lives on the inside of us. Yeah. What we need is to expand Spiritually. We don't need to deepen our piety or to expand our bellies. We're not going to talk about that. We're getting into the holiday season. But the main thing that we need is spiritual expansion. Smith Wigglesworth, a great apostle of faith, he said, I'm a thousand times bigger on the inside than I am on the outside. He had the revelation of who lives on the inside of us. We do know that the Bible says, greater is he that is in us. The greater one, everybody say that, the greater one one. lives on the inside of me. The one with whom, the one with whom nothing, is nothing is impossible lives on the inside of me. Inside of me. My, father My father is big. Is big. He's, He's great. Is great. He's, vast. He's vast. And he lives in me. Lives in me. I'm going to take, I'm take the, limits off of him. the limits off of him. Let me ask you this. Are we limited by what's in our heart? Are we limited by how we perceive God? The answer is yes. God's not limited, but we limit him by how we look at him and how we perceive him. This is a verse we left off with last week. We're going to start there tonight. Second Corinthians chapter 6. Verse 11 through 13. We're going to look at most of our verses in the New King James Version. Some of them in the message. I believe they'll get them up there on the screen for us tonight. 2 Corinthians chapter 6. Verse 11. Oh, Corinthians. We have spoken openly to you. Our heart is wide open. This is the Apostle Paul writing this letter to the church at Corinth. You are not restricted by us. But you are restricted by your own affections. Now in return for the same. I speak as to children. You also be open you also be open. What is he telling this church? He's telling them, you need to expand. You need to widen. You need to see God bigger on the inside of you. This verse was having to do with matters of the heart. Does it matter what's in your heart? It certainly does. You know, people may look at you and say, wow, they've got it all together. They got this nice family. They got this nice house. They drive a nice car and they may think, oh, they're just a wonderful Christian, but yet there could be a lot of stuff going on on the inside that's not pleasing to the Lord. And that is limiting you from living in God's best. It's not about what we see in the natural. It's really about what's happening here on the inside of them. So what was Paul saying then? He, to them? He's saying you are restricted. You are narrow. You are choked in your thinking and by what is in your heart. God doesn't have a choke. Point. God never says, "Ooh, that's really bad." God never says, "Oh, that can't happen. That's impossible." Oh, I've never faced this before. But we can have a choke point. You know what that means? That something comes up in our life and we start. <coughs> we're choking because we can't believe God. We can't see a way out of that situation. But when we hook up with God, he doesn't have a choke point. There's nothing that ever shows up in your life. There's no temptation that ever takes us, but it's common to man, And God has provided a way of escape. But that way of escape, it's not going to come from your mind. It's not going to come from our intellect. It's not going to come from a sentence down and right now a step and a program and a plan it's going to come from the wisdom of God and the wisdom of God is in here on the inside of us and that's what pastor was talking about praying in the spirit as we pray in the Holy Ghost you know what happens your tongue hooks up with what's in your spirit and it becomes a bucket and we can we began to draw out of our heart the things that we need to see. The wisdom and the understanding and the enlightenment and the answers. God's not hidden them from us. He's hidden them for us. But they're not up here. They're in here. They're in our heart. So Paul was saying to the Corinthian church, you need to expand spiritually. You need to enlarge how you are looking at at, and perceiving God. Listen to this same passage in the message translation. 2 Corinthians 6, verse 11 and 13. In the message, dear, dear Corinthians, I can't tell you how much, I long for you to enter this wide, open, spacious life. You know, that sounds good right there. Wide, open, spacious life. Then he goes on to say, we didn't fence you in. The smallness you feel comes from where? The smallness you feel is because of where you grew up. The smallness you feel is because of people that are in your life. No, he says the smallness you feel, where does it come? From within you. Your lives aren't small, but you're living them in a small way. I'm speaking as plainly as I can and with great affection. Then let's all read this phrase together. Open up your lives live openly and expansively open up your lives I love how he says this the smallness you feel it's not from anything except what you is on the inside of you and then he said you're living a small life but you don't have to You're not small on the inside because you don't have a small God. But yet people get born again and they stay at the same level year after year, after year, after year, after year, not expecting God to show up and to show up in their life. They're thinking in a small way. God's not pleased when we limit him. And that's what we do. We get born again and sat down on our blessed assurance. We don't ever progress. We don't ever push push in to learn more about the word of God. We don't pray in the spirit. We don't build ourselves up. Guess what folks that's living in a small way. And God's saying, don't do that. I'm bigger than that. I'm greater than that. Listen to what he said to the children of Israel over in Psalm 78, 41. You can just listen to this. Again and again, they tempted God and they did what? They limited the Holy One of Israel. God wanted to do a lot more with the children of Israel than they allowed him to. He wanted them to enter into that promised land. But we know because of doubt and unbelief, they did not enter into what he had provided. And before we pick up rocks and start stoning them, let's just think about it. Well, all that God has provided for us. And yet we sit around and we don't possess our possessions. God's got some things for us. God's got some places for us. He's got a higher way. He's the most high God. And tonight I want through the word of God to provoke you, to press in, to provoke you, to believe God for more. His name is El Shaddai, the God of the much, much more. And it is not dependent upon what's happening in the economy. The smallness that you feel is not because of what's going on in the government. The smallness that you feel is not because of other people. Your faith can't be in other people. It can't be in the system of this world. But if we tie our hope and our expectation to our 401k, if we tie it to our retirement plan, if we tie it to our job, if we tie it to people. Guess what? We're going to live a small life because people, government jobs make a pretty poor God. But when we tie it to God, he is the anchor of our soul. He is a rock He is a foundation that will not row. When we put our hope, our faith, our trust in him, we will never be disappointed. You can trust him. You can rely on him. You can stake your life upon the word of the living God. Put your hope in him, put your faith in him trust in the Lord. With what? With all of your what? All of your heart. And don't lean to your own understanding. Right here. Is where the limitation happens. Right here is where we get all hung up. That's why he said, trust in me with all of your heart. Glory be to God. Now, I love this phrase here that we just looked at. One of the last phrases there of 2 Corinthians chapter 6. Open up your lives and live expansively. That word expansively means wide, open, generous. When you know God, when he is big on the inside of you, You know what? You're not going to have a stingy attitude. You're not going to have this attitude of God bless us for and no more. It's all about me, myself and I. It's all about what I can get. No, a heart that is enlarged, a heart that is expanded by the spirit of God is a generous heart. You know, it's not a compliment if people say that you're a tightwad. What does a tight wad represent? A tight wad represents somebody that's got. They get all they can. They can all they get, and then they hold on to it. You're not getting that ten dollar bill away from me, Pastor. I don't care how much heart for the house has. That ten dollar bill, it's my blood, sweat, and tears. I'm holding on to it. I'm saving for a rainy day. Tight wad. But God said, I want you to live expensively. I want you to have a generous. Everybody say generous. Generous Generous heart. Generous attitude. Of course, we are supposed to be good stewards over what God gave us. And we don't want anybody putting in a $10,000 faith check. We're not saying that. We don't need any rubber checks bouncing to the bank. We're talking about, though, whatever God has put in your hand, don't hold on to it so tight that you can't be a giver, that you can't sow. God is not trying to get anything from you. Did you know that? He's not trying to to get your dog or your cat or to take, you know, your McDonald's money. He's not trying... To do that or your vows money so you can't go have a delicious burger this week. But all God is saying, sow me some seed. Give me something to work with. Give me the first fruits. Give me your tithe. Give me something. Let your hands be open. Say, God, you know, really, isn't it the truth? That everything that we have is because of Him. Yeah. The very air that we breathe is because of Him. So He's just saying, Freely you have received. Freely give. Yeah. Be generous. It's not right. He said, live expansively. He doesn't want us living a tight life. Did you know tight ain't right? And, you know, it's just so, I don't know what happens. Sometimes when I wash clothes, I think they must just shrink in the dryer. I know it's my washer and dryer. I must need a new one. Because you get out these clothes that used to fit last year, you wash them, and then all of a sudden, ah! Somebody shrunk my jeans. What in the world happened here? And you try to button it and you need a crane to pull them on. Then <laughs> all sorts of instruments to button the button and you sit down and this thing expands over and <laughs> it ain't comfortable. Tight is not right in any sense of the word. We shouldn't, we're not comfortable in tight clothes that don't fit and we shouldn't be comfortable having a tight spirit. Let's open up and live expansively. Get rid of things that are hindering us on the inside. And it's not just it's not just about finances. Did you know that it is an expansive life? It is living an enlarged life when you walk in health. When you've got the peace of God that passeth all understanding, when the joy of the Lord is bubbling up on the inside of you, even in the face of difficult situations, that's living the God kind of life. That's living a prosperous life. Hallelujah! What about being free from strife? Free From bitterness, no anxiety, no worry. All of that stuff is not in your heart, but in your heart, you're full of the wisdom of God, full of insight, full of understanding. That's the kind of life that we are called to live. Things and possessions, they won't make a person great and they don't make a person happy. As a matter of fact, Jesus said this over in Luke chapter 12, verse 15. This is what Jesus said. Take heed, beware of covetousness. For one's life does not consist in the abundance of the things he possesses. Many in our society think that it does. They think that it's money, houses, cars, That's what makes you great. That's not what makes a person great. God has foreordained that all of us be great. But it starts here on the inside. When you're born again, it's like a seed is placed in your spirit. How many of you know what happens with an acorn seed? Does anybody know what what an acorn is? becomes, am I saying that right? An acorn? Acorn. That's right. Acorn. I didn't think that sounded right. An acorn. You know what happens to it? It becomes a giant oak tree. Thank you for translating interpretation here. Do y'all know what an acorn is? You plant it in the ground, you see it grow and it becomes a giant oak tree. That's how our lives, our walk with God ought to be. When we get born again, there's a seed in there and we have on the inside of us, every one of us, the potential to be great. The potential to excel. The, uh, the potential to live far above all the junk that the devil throws our way. It's in there. But you know what? Just like that little seed has to be watered. It needs sunshine. It needs to be in the right environment. And then it becomes a, a giant oak tree. That seed of the word of God on the inside of us. We need to water it. We need to pray over it. We need to do our part. Heart to see that it grows and it expands. You know, unfortunately there's way too many Christians that are living defeated lives, yeah. deceived by religion, get born again. And then they set in a church that doesn't feed them the Word of God. I'm not naming any names, but they set in a religious atmosphere. And year after year after year, they stay at the same level. Living, defeated, sick, depressed, broke, disgusted lives. Is They're going to go to heaven. Thank God for that. But is going to heaven when we die, is that all? That Jesus has provided... Thank God he did provide the way for us to go to heaven, but that's not all that he has provided. The stripes upon his back were for our healing. That crown that was placed upon his head was for you and I to have the peace of God, the peace of God, the mind of Christ. And he furthermore said that he promised to meet all of our needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Jesus defeated death, hell, and the grave. So you and I could live a victorious life. Don't be satisfied. Don't be content with living at such a lower rung of life. God's saying he's provoking us. Come on up. Come on up. Come on up. He wants us to be displays of his goodness in this day and in this hour When so many people are just so grand When so many people are confused When so many people are full of fear and anxiety When so many people's bodies are racked with pain and sickness and disease When so many people are experiencing financial Tragedy. God wants us to rise above what's going on in the world. He wants us to be a light. He wants you to be a trophy. Hallelujah. That says a beacon of light, a trophy that shines forth of his goodness, a testimony. Hallelujah. Of God's faithfulness, a testimony that if we will serve the Lord with all of our heart, if we will meditate in the word of God day and night. He will cause our way to be prosperous. We will live and have and enjoy a prosperous life. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We must learn to enlarge our hearts. And before something can expand and enlarge, it has to become flexible. Remember when Jesus was giving his disciples that illustration about taking old wine skins and pouring the wine in there. He said, you can't put the wine in the old wine skins because they were dry and they were hard. And if you do that and you pour that wine in there, they're going to burst. And it's the same with our hearts. How do we get our hearts soft and pliable? God doesn't want your heart hard. And if it is hard, hardened just by things that happened in life perhaps it's hardened through strife or it's hardened because somebody didn't treat you right or it's hardened because you've experienced a a disappointment or even a hard heart because you feel like that God has let you down then he's saying I want to work with that heart I want your heart to become soft and pliable anything that's going to expand has to be soft and pliable if your heart is hardened and he's trying to pour in more of his spirit, trying to pour in more revelation knowledge and your heart is not in a good place and it's hardened. Guess what? When he begins to pour in the new wine, you're going to crack. You don't want to be a crack pot. Do you, you want to be a heart that's soft and pliable? How does this happen? Let me just give you some pointers on making our heart in a, getting our heart in a condition where that it can expand and it can enlarge and the capacity to receive from God be greatly increased. Number 1, we got to get rid of heart flutter things that make a hard heart. I can't tell you in your life just by word by example of the word of God Some things that will make your heart hard and not tender. Strife, unforgiveness, bitterness, jealousy. All those things will clutter your heart. And only you know what's in your heart. I want to encourage you to spend some time, like we did tonight, in God's presence. You begin to just worship Him, begin to magnify Him pour your heart out to him and just get transparent before him. And oh Lord, if there's anything in me that's displeasing to you, if there's anything in my heart, Lord, that is a hindrance from you increasing me on the inside, then I'm asking you by your spirit to show me. And as he reveals things, then we repent. Lord, I repent. I'm laying it aside. Get rid of heart clutter. Amen. And secondly, how do we make our hearts soft, pliable, expandable? By meditating on the word? Thirdly, by speaking the promises. Fourthly, by praying in the spirit. I want us to look over at Ephesians. This is a prayer. Ephesians chapter 3, beginning in verse 14. This is a prayer that the Apostle Paul prayed for the church at Ephesus. And it's a prayer that we can pray over ourselves and over the body of Christ. Let's begin here in verse 14. For this reason, I bow my knees to the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, from whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named. That he would grant you according to the riches of his glory. Now listen to this part. To be strengthened. Everybody say strengthened. Strengthened. Everybody say strengthened. Strengthened. With With might. Through his spirit. Where? In the inner man. There it is again. Strengthened by his spirit. With might in my heart. In the inner man. That Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you being rooted and grounded in love may be able to comprehend with all the saints. What is the width and length and depth and height and to know the love of Christ, which passes knowledge. Then listen to this part. Everybody say this, that you may be, let's read that last phrase together, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. The apostle Paul was praying this prayer because he knew the importance of the believers being strengthened in the inner man. And then he prayed that they would be able to come. Comprehend what Christ had done. That word comprehend literally means to lay hold of, to grasp it, to make it their very own. It's wonderful if you see me preaching and you're like, oh, isn't that great? She believes that stuff. She's passionate about the Word of God. But what about you? Have you comprehended? Have you laid Hold of what Christ has done. Are you on the inside of you just so thrilled and so excited about what he has provided? We can grow in our capacity. We can experience the richest measure of his love beyond our intellect. That's why the apostle Paul said, let them be strengthened On the inside, when we are strong in our spirit, when our heart is enlarged, then you know what happens? We're able to receive more. He said that we would be filled with all the fullness. That word filled means crammed so that there is no more room for anything else. We're getting ready to celebrate Thanksgiving. And I know for sure that some of you pull yourself up to that table and you get filled where there is no room for anything else. You are stuffed just like the turkey. (laughs) Stuffed. Filled to the brim. And then they say, you want some pumpkin pie? Oh, I guess I'll cram it down and make a little more room. Just crammed filled. No more room. We do that all the time with our natural body, something we like some special occasion, some meal. And he is saying here to them, that's what you need to do with the things of God filled with all the fullness. You might think, you know, some things about God, you might think that you have tapped in to the greatness of our God. But you know what? None of us have arrived. God is awesome. Amen. There's so many more facets to him. There's so much more greatness and so much more wonder about him that we have not even begun to comprehend. But the Apostle Paul said, pray this prayer over you. Pray that the eyes of my understanding, Ephesians 1:17, my eyes would be flooded with light. Pray that over yourself. Oh, Spirit of God, teach me. Spirit of God, help me that I would be able to grasp these things, that I would be able to lay hold of the fullness of what you have done. Hallelujah. And when we do that, then you know what begins to happen? Verse 20. Let's look at it in the amplified. When we pray that prayer, when we start comprehending the fullness and we let him be God in our lives, and this is what happens now to him who by in consequence of the action of his power that is at work within us, he's able to carry out his purpose and do, everybody say, super abundantly. How about far over? How about above all that we dare ask or think? And then I love this, infinitely beyond our highest prayers, desires, thoughts, hopes, or dreams. That sounds like to me an enlarged heart. That sounds like to me somebody that has expanded on the inside and they're letting God do exceedingly abundantly over above what? What we think. Oh folks, let's get out of the mental realm. Let's stop walking uh, living a carnal life. Let's stop walking after the mind, after the thoughts and let's begin to walk in the spirit. Hallelujah. Walking in the spirit, seeing things as God sees things, hearing his voice in tune with what he is saying. Let our eyes be flooded with light that we may understand that we may comprehend the fullness. How many of you want to grow in the things of God? When our heart is enlarged, you know what begins to happen? Blessings show up in every single area of our life. Hallelujah. How many of you remember a man by the name of Jabez? Jabez was, he, he only got two verses in the Bible. But yet hundreds of books have been written about this prayer that he prayed. The life of Jabez is an inner resting scenario. His life is, is explained here. It's, it's pointed out in the list of beg- begats. You know, I never get that blessed going in the Old Testament and start reading about so so-and-so so-and-so, and so so-and-so beget so and so, and so and so beget so and so, and so and so beget so and so, and all these begets. If you if you're tired and you can't sleep, just start reading the begets. <laughs> but yet, there was something so pr- profound about Jabez that the author of this book will turn over there, First Chronicles chapter four, stopped in the middle. Of the begats. To point out this prayer. That Jabez prayed. Jabez. 1st Chronicles. Chapter 4 verse 9. We'll look at it in the Amplified. Hallelujah. Everybody still here? Jabez. Was honorable. Above his brothers. But his mother named him. Jabez. Which means. Sorrow maker. Saying, because I bore him in pain. Ladies, don't do that to your kids. You know, just because you may have had a 28 hour long labor and delivery, don't name, name them Jabez. She said, I'm gonna get, I'm gonna get even with this little rascal. <laughs> Because, you know, names were really important in that day and in that age. So she said, I'm getting even with him. I'm naming him Jabez. And his name literally means sorrow, pain, grief, and trouble. Now, that's not very nice to name your kid sorrow, pain, grief, and trouble. But that's what she did. So all of his life, here everybody would say Jabez. And what they were saying, here comes grief. Here comes sorrow. Here comes trouble. Most likely his life was not blessed. Most likely because everybody was always saying sorrow, grief, trouble. Most likely his full was, his life was full of trouble, pain, and sorrow. I'm pretty sure he was probably broke, broke, busted, and disgusted. But one day he got fed up with his circumstances. His attitude One day he had to rise up on the inside of him. I don't know if there was an old prophet that came to his village and began to teach him the word. I don't know what happened, but something happened in Jabez. Nothing happened with his circumstances. Nothing happened with people's attitudes around him. Nothing happened with his name, but something happened in Him. He got tired of being broke. He got tired of his life being full of trouble. I got a question for you, some of you in here tonight. Are you tired and weary? Are you sick and tired of being sick and tired? Well, things can change if you'll change on the inside, if you'll rise up on the inside, if you'll let your heart Be enlarged to believe God. Your circumstances can turn around. That's when change happens. So Jabez, he got the revelation of how change happens. Let's look down here at verse 10. He knew where his help comes from. He knew who to call on. Wasn't his brothers. It wasn't his sisters. It wasn't going to the counselor and saying, I don't know why my mom named me Jabez. I tell you, that's terrible of her. And I got to get over these. I need healing of the memories. My mom just treated me wrong. She named me this bad name. No. What did he do when he got sick and tired of being sick and tired? Jabez did what? He cried to the God of Israel. And he said, oh, God. That you would bless me. Now listen, look at this word. What are we talking about tonight? An enlarged heart. That you would bless me and you would do what? Enlarge. Everybody say enlarge. That you would enlarge my border and that your hand might be with me and you would keep me from evil so that it might not hurt me. And God granted his request. A simple but a profound prayer because God knew it was coming from a heart of God knew that it was coming from a heart that believed that he and he alone could change his situation. Jabez just prayed very simply. God bless me. God enlarge my border. One translation says expand my territory. God let your hand on be on me. God keep me from evil. And how does this verse end? Did God say, oh, you selfish thing. You shouldn't be asking for more territory. You shouldn't be asking me to bless you. How dare you tell me to enlarge, ask me to enlarge your border and to give you more. That's selfish. That's selfish. No. God heard his heart's cry. God saw what was in his spirit. And if your heart is right and your motive is right, he doesn't have any trouble blessing you. God's got some things. He wants to get to you, but he can't get it to you until it gets it in you. Somehow or another, it got in Jabez that God was a big God. It got on the inside of him that God could increase him more and more. And then God said, after he prayed that prayer, what did God say? God granted his request. There are some of you that have made some requests to the most high God. And tonight he sees your sincere heart cry. And he's just waiting on you. To... He's just saying, make room for me. Make room. Get rid of the clutter. Expand on the inside. Oh hallelujah. See me as the big God that I am. For I I desire to increase you more and more. I desire to increase you in strength. Those of you that have been weary in body. Oh, I desire to pour out the joy of the Lord, which is your strength. Those of you that have been tormented in your mind, it is my desire says the Lord that you would increase in the peace of God that passeth all understanding. Those of you that are experiencing rocky relationships and severed relationships, let me show up and show out in your life for I am the God that restores and I will restore and make better than before. And those that are difficulty. Oh, the spirit of God is saying, you Sebaha. I hear this in my heart. What's in your hand? What do you have that you can sow? Sow something into my kingdom and I will take that seed of faith And I will multiply that seed sown. And I will honor your act of obedience. And there shall be increase. But you must trust me. You must step out on my word. Hallelujah. Oh, thank you, Lord. I want to close real quick. Last Sunday night as we were wrapping up the service, Pastor Mark got this in his heart and he shared it with me on the way home. If we want our territory to be enlarged, we have to give him more territory. If we want our territory to be enlarged, we have to give him more territory, more place in our lives. God... He said this also, God wants to increase our influence. But before that happens, we have to be influenced by him. He wants to increase all of our influence. But that only comes by us being influenced. Us being saturated with his presence. Oh, yeah. We ought to say it. I'm under the influence. I'm under, let's all stand. I'm under the influence. I'm under the influence of the Holy Ghost. Oh, Father. We already had a wonderful time of waiting on the Lord. But as we close this service tonight, I want everybody just to lift your hands. And I want to say, sobreta. Oh, let's just begin out of your hearts to say, Lord, enlarge our hearts. Lord, I give you my heart, everything in my heart. I give you more territory in my life. I get rid of the weights and the hindrances. This is something, it doesn't come by me laying hands on you, but it comes by us being in His presence. We want His influence to be greater in our lives. Then we must be influenced. Get under the influence.